unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Thank you guys for joining us, whether you're watching us on the video cast that we do live every Tuesday night, 7 p.m., or if you're listening to us on the audio podcast, which of course comes out every Wednesday, 3 a.m. Thank you guys for being here and listening to us or watching us live. Um, if you've been listening to the audio podcast and you'd like to see the video podcast, all you have to do is just go over to noexcusescoach.com go over to the podcast page and you will see all the video cast there as well. Or you can go on YouTube and just type in Christopher Roush and you'll find everything there. But thank you guys for being here. Appreciate you guys. I, I know that uh, quite a few of you listen to this on replay while you're at the gym and driving to work. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, God's honest truth. I was gone last week. Last week was the 4th of July here in Southern California here all over the world. It was 4th of July. We got Catherine in the house. What's up coach? She says, Hey coach. Um, so I took a time off. I took some time off. Yeah, actually we went, my family and I went to, we like to go camping or as we refer to it as glamping, we have a nice trailer and we went out and spent nine days uh, in a campsite that overlooked uh, the harbor up in central California. And my friends challenged me because normally I, I still work. I still do social media, I still do everything. I still do whatever I do to make this world a better place. But two of my friends who are dear friends of mine, mentors, they said, Chris, why don't you unplug and not post anything on social, not look at social, not look at the news for all the entire time that you're there. I was like, challenge accepted i don't know it's kind of scary um because i like being a part of everybody's life you know i'm on linkedin i'm on instagram i'm on youtube i'm on uh fucking what's the other one not clubhouse the other c word um what's the other tiktok no not the c word the tiktok one i'm all over the place so i like to serve i like to wake up every day and think about my life and say my intention today is to use my words my actions to make this world a better place for who i am and what i do and so as I was waking up at the trailer, I'm like, wow, I don't have to do that anymore. I, I could kind of can disconnect and actually be more of a dad and a husband, you know, because oftentimes, you know, we're in our lives where we get crazy and stuff like that. So it's great to reprioritize, you know, oftentimes we're talking about balance and maybe we'll talk about that as a part of the conversation tonight, but often people sit there and say they need balance in life. But I think for me, the balance comes from the fact that you go hard in the paint for six months and then you take a two week vacation, you go hard in the paint for six months, you take it, you know, you do whatever you need to do to balance that out, to find that space for yourself. And that's something that I don't do the necessarily the best job of because I am like, uh, I like to work and I like to get things done. But honestly, having to be able to be able to disconnect was great for me because I started realizing some patterns in my life. And in tonight's show, we're going to be talking about patterns. So I highly, highly recommend that you have something to take notes on, whether it's your phone, whether it's your iPad, whether it's good old fashioned paper, you can use the paper, um, take some notes tonight. Cause I really encourage you as in, we do with all the different episodes here, you walk away with three action items that you implement over the course of the next seven days until the next class, if you will, we call these classes or episodes. Think about after, you know, 52 weeks of listening to this show, taking three action items every single week, whether it's a book, whether it's a strategy, whether it's a, whatever it might be. Can you imagine how much different your life would be in a year? I mean, think about that. If you really apply three principles from every conversation, I can guarantee you every show has more than three principles or any strategy that you could possibly, you know, implement. You could implement like 10 strategies if you want to. But the point is, you got to want to, you got to take that action, you got to take that imperfect action, and be able to go forward and just take everything step by step by step. 
I know a lot of you guys are out there overwhelmed, you're stressed, you got a lot of things on your mind, you got a lot of things that are coming over the, the, the perimeter wire, if you will. The best thing you could do is sit there and have the mind, mindset to say, hey, listen, life is happening for me and not to me. And I get this opportunity to find out what I'm made of. I get this opportunity to find resiliency and commitment. I get the opportunity to re-examine what my priorities are. And that's something that I did over the time off. I started really thinking about, because I go in a lot of different directions. I'm like, wow, it's so nice to really just be focusing on one thing. And so I came back with the intention of finishing, of course, my book. You guys have been hearing all about it. It's just you and me, kid. The story of a mother and son survival on the streets of California. It will be out this fall. All you need to do, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you have not done it already, if you're not done it already, go to itsjustyouandmekid.com. It's just you and me, kid.com, as it's spelled out. Go there, sign up, get on the priority uh, presale list. Because when you do, and you help me make it a bestseller on that first day, I'm going to give you a bunch of extras, coaching sessions, um, missing stories out of the book, pictures out of the book, uh, opportunity for Q&A about the book and like, what happened here? And why'd you do this? And what happened with this? And you didn't explain this very, anything you want, tell me, because we're going to make this a bestseller. Not only are we going to make it a bestseller, we're going to make it into a movie because my life, I know that all the trials and tribulations, all the downtimes, all the rejections, all the abandonments, all the different things have helped me come to this point right here with you everything, everything that just happened 10 minutes ago, all happened to get me right here to this point. And I just keep putting one foot in front of the other imperfect action. And I keep succeeding in my life as I learn through my life. And so we got an especially awesome conversation for you tonight. I'm excited. I met this person on the owl app, which you guys have heard me talk about quite a few times. It's the owl app. It's the, the place where you can go and you can talk to an expert, give them a little bit of money. You can talk to an expert about most anything in any field, get your immediate answer and be able to implement that in your life. So many times my friends are saying, I don't know what to do. I don't, have you talked to a financial advisor? No, I don't know one. Go on owl, find a financial advisor. These people are vetted. These people are quality people. And so I got the opportunity to talk to this gentleman and we immediately clicked and we just having a great time going backwards and, and forwards on our conversations to make this world a better place. And I know you guys are going to be excited about it. So please welcome to the show, the Raw Unscripted Show, Mr. Will Baptiste, the Haitian sensation from the greatest nation. What's up, Will? How you doing? What's going on, man? I couldn't, do, I couldn't do a better job than you. I mean, the way you presented me, man, I feel like I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a prime minister. You know, I, out here in Canada, we don't have president like you, my friends over in the other side. We have prime minister. I feel like I'm, I'm the black prime minister in Canada. But I do appreciate you, man, Chris. I mean, I was backstage listening to you, and I got pumped up. I got pumped just the way you. I mean, this, the, 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 the. You know the title of your of your show says a lot about you, and you can't you can't take you can't take raw and unscripted and not having your face next to it. <laughs> this is just genius because that's who you are. You literally come out uh, raw, naked, and unscripted, and you give it to us like like no BS, not like nothing. Like you don't leave anything out. You just lay it all out on the floor. And that's what I love about you, man. I'm pumped. I am ready. And I know the people that are listening to us going to take away, you say about three things. I think they're going to take away a whole lot more, but we need them to just take three things that they can implement and they can make the world and their lives a better place. Man, I am, listen, she, he got me started already. That, <laughs> I was, I was trying to get you a little cranked up. I was wanting yeah, no, to get you a little cranked up. You it's know, not even my going. show, but uh -huh. hey, listen, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm part of family now. Oh, you are. You are. We already talked about that too. I mean, I think we also talked on Clubhouse, didn't we? We talked on Clubhouse. Right, that's right. That's right. And then also, um, also Al, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And then we yep, had that. Yep. And then we had a yeah. So we've talked quite a few times. And I'm so excited to have you here. 
one of the things I want to just really dive into deep is the title of the show. I sat there and I took a look at your, your backstory and everything else. And I, I, I titled it, how to increase our self-esteem. Mm. When you think about that, what do you think is the true key components of having great self-esteem? That is a great question. Uh, having a self-esteem first, it, it takes a, a level of maturity. You got to know oneself, and I and I wrote an ebook called uh, called uh, Three Tips Coping with Trauma" because I believe we all have trauma, and part of um, increasing our self esteem is to know who we are. So the first thing we got to do is self uh, awareness. Who am I? In order for me to have self esteem, I got to know who I am, because if I'm going to be in a relationship with you or any kind of relationship. The way that I'm going to tell you about myself, the way that I'm going to present myself, if I don't know who I am, already we started on the wrong on the wrong foot because now I'm lying. And the sad thing about this is I don't even know that I'm lying because I, I haven't done the work to know myself. So right. here I am telling you who I am. Now you're going to do your best, Chris, to treat me based on who I say that I am. Now I'm going to be mad at you for treating me the way that I say that I need to be treated, but I mm -hmm. didn't know who I am. So self uh, awareness is so important, but guess what? It's so difficult because we don't want to look at stuff in the mirror. Oh yeah. No, you're talking about identity, brother. And I think about that in so many different ways and shapes and forms. I've been coaching now for over 20 years. And that's one of the biggest issues that people have is to your point, right? Exactly. Well, like, who am I? And actually on my other show, I do the unfiltered experience on Friday nights. And this season that we're doing right now is all about identity. Like, who am I? So when I ask you that question, who are you, Will? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm glad that you asked that question because who I am versus what I do are very are two very different things. I am I am a spiritual person and I'm not religious. And now, yeah. first and foremost, I would say that I'm a child of God. And I am the sum total of everything that I've been through, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. And I believe that I came to this world with everything that I need to 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 fight the battle and to go through these challenges. I am blessed. I am doing my best. I am here to make a contribution and there's nobody like me that have been like me. There's nobody like me. There's nobody that's ever going to be like me because I'm the one and only. I am the original. And anybody else that's trying to be like me is going to be copy. And the best I can do is come second because number one, it's already taken. That's me. So who am I? I'm here in this planet to fulfill my purpose. Not to discover my purpose, not to find my purpose, but to discover my purpose. Because anytime that you have to find something, that means it has been lost. Yes. But now I'm here to discover my purpose. And my purpose, I find it in the dark, the darkest hour. And I'm here to tell people that just because it's not time doesn't mean it's not a new day. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, because the new day starts at when? At midnight. Yeah. And midnight is the darkest hour of the day. But just because it's dark doesn't mean you can't start a new a new day. Just because it's dark doesn't mean you can't start a new relationship. Just because mm -hmm. it's dark doesn't mean you can start a new business. Just because it's dark it's dark doesn't mean you cannot start over. Remember, when you start over, not really not starting over, you're starting from experience. So don't be afraid. Go yeah, out. No. You can't be afraid. You got to be. I mean, I, t I look at things in, in terms of fear and I've proven this uh, many times over. It's like I think about fear and I'm like, what's a different way of looking at fear? And one time I was here in Southern California, there's a place called Magic Mountain. It's a big amusement park. It's lots of scary rides. And we were out standing in line for one of the scariest rides. And literally we had to stand there for like two hours waiting for it. And the group in front of us, they were all excited. Like, oh my God, look how high it is. Oh my God, we got to put our hands up. We got to do this. We got, oh my God, we're high. They're, all high. they're all excited. I get chills just thinking about it. Mm. A group 
uh, two groups behind me because I was kind of walking around just like, you know, just checking people out and shit. And two groups behind me people are like, oh my God, that's so high. You know, what if the mechanics, you know, was, was high on crack? What if, what if this, what if, oh my God, I don't know if I could do this. Maybe you guys should. So like two different people, two different perspectives. Mm. One was excitement. One was fear, but it was basically the same emotional feelings that they were experiencing. I believe one of them was reacting to their emotions and the other one was predicting their emotions. Talk to, talk to me about what do you feel about what I just shared with that? Oh my gosh. I mean, here's the thing. I always tell people the your your worst enemy is enemy. My enemy, my worst enemy is enemy. Mm-hmm. So anytime that we let fear, fear has destroyed more more dreams. Uh, fear has destroyed more relationship than anything else. Anytime you know there is there is a there is a fear of reverence. You know, a lot of time, you know, when, 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 when the Bible says fear of God, there's a fear of reverence and there's a fear of scarcity. I don't want to do something because I am scared, meaning that I'm living in a way that I am predicting what's going to happen. And guess what? Anytime that you predict something bad is going to happen, nine times out of ten is going to happen. Because I think, I think our problem is that we let our trauma because of the thing that we've been in the we have experienced in the past, we think that's the only way that our lives gonna stay. It's never gonna change. Yep. We are way too comfortable, and that's what fear does. Fear keeps us comfortable. And I'm and I and I have made my, my uh, I have made uh, a decision to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think I think I think the, our biggest problem is we get too comfortable, and we see on what we know, and fear we we in bondage. That's what fear does. It keeps us bonded. It keeps us from, from moving forward. And, and what happened is we project that inability on, on other people. Now, imagine the people that say all those things, what's going to happen, what could happen. Imagine they could influence other people. So we don't want those people around us unless we can have the influence on them and rather being influenced by those people. So fear is, a, is worse than fear is worse than cancer. Because cancer, you can treat. You can treat cancer. But fear, my friend, fear? I mean, the the thing about fear is that, you know, as you know, fear has two uh, different meaning. You can face Mm -hmm. everything and run, or you can face everything and rise. Now, the question, you have two choices. Every day we wake up, we have two things, a chance and a choice. You have a chance to make a choice. What are you going to choose? Are you going to choose a fear, and you're going to face everything and rise, all you're gonna fix everything is run. I'm here to stay. Listen, man, I ain't going nowhere. I've been to too much. I've done listen, and I'm here to stay, and there's nothing anybody or anything can do to keep me in my fear or being 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 in my comfort zone. Mm, mm, brother, you're 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 singing jewels already. They we've already had the three um uh strategies that we already talked about before, man. So many different ways I could jump off of what you were just talking about, but I want to go back, I want to go back to that. I want to go back to one of those low points. You talked about the dark hour. It's there. We got the dark night of the soul. Sometimes we talk about, talk to us about one of those low points in your life, Will, where you really came to a point where it was like, I got to change my thinking about myself or about my other, about, I got to change something about what's going on in myself in order to have different results. Talk to us about one of those low times that you got that opportunity, that awakening, if you will. Oh my God. I've have so <laughs> many, but I, I'll show you, show with, share with you in your audience. Um, the, 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 the most recent one, which was about a little over three, three and a half years ago. But one thing that I've learned is that if you change nothing, nothing will change. Yep. Right. And for me, my, my moment, and I call it the, uh, 
my road to Damascus, my 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 road to Damascus, uh, 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 ways because here I was sitting on my couch. It was, it was March two thousand twenty. I was sitting on my couch Ooh, right when COVID happened. Um, right when COVID happened, <laughs> I had just lost my baby sister to COVID. Oh, dude. Um, she was only thirty four years old. Oh, uh, just, uh, just, uh, became the head doctor at Baltimore hospital, United States. What? Um, oh. oh yeah. And, um, and I mean, and, and I was sitting there, my, my second wife has just walked out on me about four months prior with my, with my son. And I haven't seen my son, uh, for about four months. And I was having a lot of difficult, um, you know, with, with work and everything. And here I was, I was sitting there on my couch by myself in the middle of, of a pandemic for about three days, didn't take a shower, didn't eat. I was all by myself. And on one hand, I was cursing God for allowing me to go through everything that I've been through, you know, whether it's uh, sexual abuse, molestation, incarceration, near death three times. Wow. I'm like, all this, and this is the way that my life would end. I say, you know what? I'm not sure I can go on. I mean, what else can happen? If anything else will happen to me, I don't think I can survive that. But on the other hand, and I was telling God, but because you say you God and you knew that I was going to go through this, but you allowed me to go through it. And so far I have survived 100% of my, my worst day. There's got to be something out there for me. Mm -hmm. There's got to be something out there for me. And I was Appreciate sitting there contemplating to take my, my life. Because for me, the whole world has come crashing down and I had nothing to live for. So I thought, and I'm sitting here and I'm looking outside and it was, it was, it was snowing. And one thing about me, whether it's arrogance or whether it's perfectionism, I don't know what it is, because it was, <laughs> it's funny, but because it was snowing, I didn't want to be remembered that will is gone and the day was snowing. And I know the next day it was going to be sunny. I said, I, I want to go out on a sunny day where it's a beautiful day. I want, I want, that's how I want to be remembered. And as I was sitting there, I was in the apartment. I can just literally visualize it. I was on my couch and I heard a voice literally say, will rise up. Mm. Now, you wonder why I have will to rise. Now, that's where this name comes from will rise up and i look around and i know there was nobody i said god if it's you if you got something for me tell me because i have nothing else to live for and that's all i needed to hear and here i am almost four years later i've got a book coming out i've got my coaching business i have the best relationship with myself i have the best relationship with my Two children, even though I still haven't been able to see my child, um, my two oldest children, I've seen them. A lot of things is happening from that point on. So my lowest moment was a time for me I wanted to take my life. But my lowest moment became my greatest moment. Mm, I know this. I know this for truth. I mean, I just had a friend of mine who was 13 years sober and fell off the wagon. And I only known him. I've only known him sober. I've only known him for probably about maybe 10 years. And we've just had this, we've always had conversation about addictions and mental health and things of that nature. And then we have, uh, we have periodic uh, check-in calls with each other. I have a few mentors. He's one of my mentors. I'm a mentor of his. And so I have these people that I check in with, you know, at least once a month. So I have like three or four different people that I check in with every month that are holding me accountable all different ways, plus my coach. And so we get on a zoom call kind of like this. And I was like, Hey John, what's going on? He's like, Oh, hey man, how's it going? And I'm like, you all right, dude. Ah, fucker. I'm in the bag again. I'm like, 
what? I'm like, no way. Like he, like he's such a positive dude and he has, he's so strong and all these different things, but he was going through so much emotional stuff that he had no way to process it. So he went back to the only thing that he knew how to process it with was alcohol, but he was smart enough this time to realize he didn't want to fuck up his marriage and everything else again. So he's like, I'm going to go back to treatment, dude. I'm like, good, good. You know, whatever I I can do to support you. I got you. He goes, yeah, I'm going to go to the 30 day treatment. And I said, well, let's talk when you get out. Let's see what's up. He gets out. And the first thing he says to me when he gets out, he goes, do is the fucking best thing that ever happened to me. He goes, relapsing was the best thing that happened to me. And I was like, explain, talk to me more about this, brother. He's been on my show before. I'm going to have him back on again to talk about this whole ordeal. But through that hitting another bottom, if you will, through that bottom, through that opportunity to step back and recognize some of the patterns in his life, he realized some of the things that were missing that were mm. weren't appeared, didn't appear to him until he had to have this perspective. He had to see things from this side to go, oh, now I see this. When he was over here, he couldn't see this. But now he's over here. He's like, oh, man, I can see this thing now. Now he's more excited than he's ever been. He's more on purpose and on mission and, and, and executing on things that he's ever done. His clarity, his passion, his excitement, everything has come like full circle. And he already was doing really good. And that's the crazy thing about it. So to your point, well, I mean, I encourage everybody out there, all of you guys to look at those low times and ask yourself, what was I supposed to learn from that? What can I have gained from that? What can I use and implement from those particular times? I mean, I'm literally like fucking writing my life story about being homeless in the backseat of a station wagon with 18 cats and four dogs and a mother with psycho, psycho, psychiatric issues and drug dependencies. And I had physical abuse, mental abuse. I don't think I have any sexual abuse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to plant-based medicine to see if I find any, if I have any hidden memories and stuff like that. I don't think so. But I went through some fucked up shit, a bunch of shit. I've been rejected, lied to, cheated on, betrayed, everything in the world. But I tell people like, when I'm having those moments myself where I'm kind of like, oh, man, what's going to happen? Because I have all these people in my life telling me, Chris, you're supposed to be amazing. You're supposed to be, not, you are not amazing. You're supposed to be big and huge like Tony Robbins or fucking, but why? we don't understand why you're not there. And I'm like, I don't understand it either. I know it's all happening for me on purpose. I all I know that everything that's happened and is happening is happening for preparing me for what's next. Right. And that's the important thing. What was happening, what was going through your life and what was going through my life, whatever is going through our lives at any particular moment is preparing us for what's next based on what you were talking about and thinking about what God's got us. Like God's not going to put us through anything that we can't handle. Must think I'm pretty tough, but I think that the rewards are that much richer when you go through those experiences and you go through those trials and tribulations and you never give up on yourself, knowing in your heart that something out there, that greatness is meant for you, you have to hang on. But I think, I believe, and I don't even think I know one of the greatest changes in my life was changing the people that I hung around with. Mm. That was hard for me to do. I mean, I had to leave my mother in a motel situation that was dangerous. I had to leave my friends. that were partial drug addicts. And I had to turn my back on all that situation and, and, and start investing in myself and start taking care of myself. Talk to us about that rise out of that depression and what were some of the main areas you focused on for your own personal happiness? Because oftentimes people sit there and say, well, don't focus on yourself because that's being selfish. But you, like you said before, the number, most, number one person in our lives is us. And that's Absolutely. not being selfish. That's being self-care. So talk to me about that. Well, first of all, I want to say to people that if you can't change people around you, change people around you. I know this may go over people, some people's hair, but they'll catch it later on. If you can't change people around you, change people around you. Um, the first thing that I had to learn is I wanted to be at a place where I'm uh, accepted and not tolerated. I want to be at a place where I feel like that I'm being uh, uplifted. 
I, I, I feel like I'm being motivated. I, I feel like people are uh, cheering on for me because let's face it. We all think that we have circles, but if those people around you are not pushing you, you don't have a circle. You got a cage. That means you got to get out. So for me, focusing on myself was the only thing that I had left because everything I had, I had left, you know, uh, you know, was born in Haiti, grew up in Miami, Florida, uh, 27 years old. I packed my bag. Uh, what about a thousand dollars in my pocket with a laptop? And I say, I'm leaving the States. I'm leaving the United States. Um, and I, and I got to get out because at some point you cannot expect to heal from the same place you get, you're wounded. Mm -hmm. You can't, you have to leave that place behind. And I decided I was going to move to Canada. I have no idea where I was going to say, I see, you know what? Desperate time desperate measure. I got to get out. And I think it was one of the best things that I, because there were three things that I was facing. I was facing uh, deportation. I was facing life in prison and I was facing death. I had three choices, <laughs> but I knew I was made for something greater than that. And I couldn't find out what it is, but it was, it clicked on, it clicked to me saying, what are the, and that was the last thing that I wanted to do to leave the United States, the, the land of the free, right? The, the, the land that full of milk and honey is what they say. But I had to come down. I had to be in the valley because I felt like I was, a, I was at the top of the mountain for so long. But I felt like I was alone. And I had to come down to the valley and realize I'm the only one that I've got. Mm -hmm. This body, this, this organ is the only vehicle that's going to get me through this life. And if I don't take care of it now... If I don't, if I if I don't invest in it now, how am I going to ask somebody to invest in me when I'm not right. investing in myself? How am I going to ask somebody to love me when I don't even know how to love myself? How am I going to tell somebody to to respect my boundary, to respect me when I can't even do it for myself? So instead of looking for those validation outside of myself, I start looking inward. And everything else that people would bring to me would just add on, would just bonus. If I want love, I love myself. If I need respect, I respect myself. So what that means, everything that you're going to bring to me is only going to be bonus. I welcome it. I appreciate it, but I don't need it. Right. Because I am enough. So I had to get to that point of myself and I had to endure myself. So instead of me sitting at the window and looking at the world, and criticize everybody and, and, and playing the victim and, and blame everybody. I step away from the window and I step towards the mirror. Mm. But too many of us are standing at the window and looking at the world and what the world is doing to us, what people did to us, what my mom didn't do, what this, nothing, the third. Well, you can sit here and cry over spill make while time is going by, or you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? You're fucked up, man. Mm -hmm. It's all on you. You got to be responsible. You got to take accountability because guess what? In everything that you've been through, there's only one person that's always there, and that's you. And yep. if you're not, if you don't learn to take responsibility, accountability, you're gonna go through this life blaming everybody else but you. But at some point, you have to be mature enough to say, you know what? I have a part to, in, to play with this. If I'm gonna, if something's gonna change, I have to start changing myself, and it's got to start from the inside out. And when mm -hmm. I started doing that, when I started doing that work, we call it that shadow work, and all of a sudden, the whole world opened up to me from a different point of view. I'm like, now that I see the world differently. Why? Because I changed my perception and I changed my perspective on how I see the world. And all of a sudden, the world is a brand new place. It's still the same world. I just have a different. I look at it from a different lens. Mm. 
Ooh, I love that. Cause I said, I could sit there and talk about the lens of love versus the lens of fear, but I want to hone in on something you, that you talked about when, you know, in any situation, there's three things we could do. We could do the best we can do. Um, we can do the worst we could do, or we could do nothing. Mm. And I sit there and I tell people like the worst thing you could do is nothing. The best next best thing you can do is the, the worst thing, because at least you can figure out what the worst thing is and then go do the right thing and figure it out by a process of elimination. But so many times we stay stuck in that fear, fear of making a mistake, the fear of, of hurting somebody, the fear of success. Talk to us about that in your journey. Has there been any, what elimination of fear have you had to focus on most? And the second part of that question is how has forgiveness played a role in your healing and your growth? Oh my God. Great question. First of all, I would say almost every one of us are not, are not, uh, don't have fear of success. Uh, don't have fear of failure. We have fear of success because yeah. if we fail, we already know, but if we succeed, then now we're scared. Are we going to be able to succeed again? So people are not scared of, 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 of failure. They were scared of success yeah. for me. Fear fear has always played a role in my life because everything that I, I, I did as a child, even as a, as an adult was based out of fear, not out of love. Yeah. And, and that's all I know. And then therefore I operate, you know, a, a lot of us, all of us operate 90% of the time out of our subconscious and your yep. subconscious was made from, from all the trauma, from all the experience. So I operate from that and I had to change my mindset and my heart set to say, you know what? I'm no longer going to be slave and bound by those fear, by my trauma, by generational curse and generational trauma. And I have to break that cycle that hold me down, this culture, this tradition that no longer served me. We were, I was too attached to my culture. I was too attached to what I've known, which didn't serve me, but because that's all I knew. So therefore, I couldn't break out of that. Um, the second part of that, you're talking about forgiveness. Man, we can sit here talking about forgiveness <laughs> all day long. I knew. There were a lot of people that had to forgive. Now, forgiveness, when you don't forgive, it's like drinking the poison and expect yep. somebody else to die. 100%. And what I find about forgiveness, it's a liberation. But when, when we forgive, we are the place, we actually elevate. When we can forgive, we actually elevate, you know what Michelle Obama said, when when we when they go low, we go high. Yeah. That's you going higher because now you have tapped in into your spiritual realm because it is hard, ladies and gentlemen, to forgive, especially if you've been <laughs> abused, sexually abused by the people, by your caretaker that's supposed to take care of you. When you've been molested by the man that's supposed to be a father figure to you, when you've been cheated on, you've been lied on, you've been betrayed, when you've been there for people, that now you got caught holding the bag and everybody leave you and you find yourself not snitching on nobody and you do the time and nobody come to your rescue. It's hard. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna sit here and say this. it is hard, but it is even harder to hold on to this because what you're doing is you are killing yourself slowly. Mm -hmm. You, so go deep on that. Go deep cheating. on that with, with somebody you had to forgive. Go deep on that Ooh. with somebody you had to forgive. Because I'm in the same boat with you, brother, man. There's been five so many years people. Ago. <laughs> Oof, five years ago, I had to call my caretaker. And I say, I forgive you for what you did. And I can remember a nine-year-old boy um, being introduced to sex from the age of nine to 16. And I call this person. I say, I forgive you. And what 
the next thing that the person said was worse than the abuse. Ooh. And that person had the nerve to say, I did nothing to be forgiving for. That. <laughs> You're like, that Ooh, I'm going to reach through this phone and I'm going to grab your neck. Yeah, that I had one of those experiences. Was the, that was worse than abuse. Because now as an adult, because the abuse, my body didn't know any better. My body react the way you're supposed to react. No matter what you do to the body, it reacted the way you reacted because I'm a man and I have, and I have, and I have feelings, I have emotions and so on and so forth. But what that person did to me pretty much opened the wound, stuck a knife in it and twist the knife. And I had to sit with that. And I told myself, I say, see, all that forgiveness bullshit, you should have never done it. Now look what happened. But what I didn't understand is that I released. And I felt literally, I felt 50 pounds lighter. 50 100%. pounds lighter. Why? Because I was able to release that person. Now it's no longer in my conscience. It's no longer in my hands. Now it belongs to them. I give it back to them. So I had to find a way to forgive myself. I had to find a way. Even my ex-wife, has been four years. I haven't seen my son. I keep praying for her. Because she's hurting. Mm -hmm. Because there's nobody on their right mind who's going to take a, someone's child. Saying that you love you love the child, you love the person, but you decide to take the child away. You got to be, you get, there's got to be some type of uh, psychological problem. So what I do, instead of hoping worse for them, I, I hope for the best. I hope they find a way to heal. I hope they find a way to find themselves. So forgiveness it's such a liberation. I, I I think for me, as long as you don't forgive, you're like someone that's 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 constipated. Mm -hmm. and when you're constipated, the only person that's hurting is you. Uh -huh. <laughs> and by you forgiving, it's like cleansing yourself and say, you know what? I'm letting you go. This is no longer mine, and I'm giving back to you. Mm -hmm. And promise you, it's not easy, but I promise you, it is worth every minute as you release someone. Mm -hmm. to feel to feel that 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 liberation to feel that freedom and to be yourself and and guess what i could never move forward until i had forgiven that person yep. because that person was holding me back but it wasn't the person that was holding me back i was holding myself back and until i was able to forgive that person that's when i was able to break that ice and then become mature and say you know what now i can begin my healing journey Mm -hmm. Amen, brother. Will, that is, that was, that was the, right there, guys, for the price of admission. That was hands down the best part of this whole conversation right now, because so many people are stuck in those hurt feelings, the rejection, the resentment, the anger, the animosity. I know I went through that. I mean, my mother made horrible decisions most of my life that affected me. And I always had to be there by her side the whole entire time. And I was pissed and I was resentful. I mean, literally, I'm writing in the book like today. I'm like rereading all this shit. I'm like, oh my God, people reading this book are going to be like, there's no way he went through all this. Mm. There's no way. There's no, I'm like, it just kept happening, just kept happening. And as I was getting older, my dependence on alcohol as an escape, I was still successful. I was what you might consider a high functioning alcoholic. I was really good, always taking care of my business, not hurting anybody, but I just needed alcohol to kind of process things and get away from my own th thoughts and feelings. And then when my friends kind of had a little bit of an intervention with me one time, I sat there and I said, I tell you what, starting in, in January, I'll take from January 1st until my birthday, February 26th, and I won't drink anymore. 
And that's the longest I'd gone without drinking for a long time because I didn't see I had a problem with it. It was just my coping mechanism. I didn't hurt anybody. Nobody, it was, that's what Chris did to deal with things. Keep on trucking, right? Keep on trucking. And so as I started doing this procedure every year, this practice every year, that opportunity, that awakening moment for me to sit there and have the, the alone time with my thoughts. And that's why that book says, think and grow rich, ladies and gentlemen. So many people don't take the time just to think about their life and think about what it is that they want most. And as I was going through this healing process, it occurred to me, I'm like, how can I find a way to forgive my mother? How can I find a way to let go of this resentment and animosity? Because you're right. You know, we sit there and we walk around this invisible bag of, oh, woe is me. Oh, I was this and I was this and I was this and I was this. This is why I can't lose weight. And this is why I can't keep a job. And this is why I can't have a relationship. This is why I can't set goals. And this is why I can't eat right. And this is why, and this is why, and this is why. And they carried around like a fucking badge of honor. And I ask people all the time, like, what would it feel like if you just drop that fucking bag? Just drop it. Just let it go. How would you feel right now if you no longer cared all that anger and animosity and all that resentment, all that poison? How much different would your relationships be? How much different would your happiness be? Your sleep, your nutrition, your exercise. If you let that fucking bag go. Oh my God, Chris. I might, you can see their physiology change, right? You're into, mm. into looking at the physiology of people. Yeah. Okay. So why are you hanging on to it? What is it serving? What purpose is it serving you? Oh, it's protecting you from getting hurt more. It's also preventing you from experiencing happiness as well. And so as I kept thinking about it, because I'm, I'm my own best coaching client, I'm my own best, I tell people that all the fucking time, like if I have a situation, I will go through it and I actually kind of secretly in a weird, weird way, not enjoy it, but I'll look at it from the aspect, like once I get through this shit, I'm gonna help some motherfuckers go through this. Right. <laughs> um, and that's kind of just the way I look at it. Like, I'm going to get through this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead a brother up, lead a sister up. And we just, I got, we all, we're all helping each other up. We're all helping each other. That's the way I look at life. And so I said, Hmm. If I went through all the experiences she did, if I was raised by her parents, if I was, you know, if my parents divorced at four years old and I was a little girl in 1960s, you know, well, born in 1942. So in that period of time, you know, Great Recession, World War II, the economy, baby boomers, all the different ideologies that were going on there. If I went through all those experiences that she went through, the men she dated, the experience she's had at school, the books she read, the therapist she had, might I be like her? Mm might I be like her? And as much as I did not want to say it, well, I was like, fuck. Yeah. And I still would sit there and go, but no, I would, I would have, but I wouldn't have been me. I would have been her. And so once I saw that, I'm like, I immediately had empathy and forgiveness. And I was like, you poor, she, my mom used to tell me I'm four years old. I'm like, shut up. You're 48. Shut up. I act like a fucking adult. And then it all the pieces started falling together. I'm like four years old, four years old. What? Oh, that's when her parents divorced. Emotionally. She was still at four biologically and everything else, she put on a front that she was an adult. She went to work and she did things that grownups do, but she was playing an adult. She was really a kid. She was a poor hurt little girl that never fucking got out of her own way for her entire life until her on her deathbed. She finally realized what life was all about. She told me like two wow. months before she died. She's like, I, I now get it. And I felt so sorry for her, but I was so amazed at the fact that she finally released and let go of her own hurt and her pain. And I think that's what people need to do is to be able to find that forgiveness. Because once you let go of that bag, ladies and gentlemen, it's not easy. Like Will's saying, I'm saying it's not easy, but God, it is so worth it. Absolutely. And on the other side of that, there's so much love and opportunity and things. My next question for you, Will, is, you know, and, and, and it's two part. So you're a coach. So I know you get this. When people say, Will, I'm doing the best I can. What's your reaction? What do you think when somebody says, man, I'm doing the best I can? Um, Sincerely, without being condescending i would ask him are you yeah are you and has that been working for you 
<laughs> you're doing the best you can, are you? Explain to me what does that mean, you're doing the best you can. Because uh, to me, when you say you're doing the best you can, it sounds to me very uh, a defeat. I'm doing the best that I can. Like there's what? no more. You just you're limiting no yourself more. from there. Yes, absolutely. Now you just limit yourself to no. You can never. There's always something more you can do. You know they say that the, your te, your ten best your, your first ten best idea are not the best idea. The eleventh one is your best idea because the first ten is just like going through the motion. Yeah. Have you have you look at everything uh, uh, and its totality? Have you tried everything? Are you really doing your best? Now, your best you're doing, is it based on what? Based, based on your past experience? Based on books that you read? Based on the people that are around you? What is your best? Are you at your best? Because in order for you to do your best, you got to do, be at your best. Now, let's look at it from that point of view. Are you at your best? How are you mentally? How are you physically? How are you spiritually? How are you financially? So you can't tell me you're doing your best when you're not at your best, when you're at your worst. Because whatever is inside of you will come out. So I don't think you're doing your best. I think you're doing just enough to survive. Most of us are on a survival mode. And it's time for us to remove that kind of limited belief to say, you know what? There's more out there. And how can I reach that? Chris has two arms. He's got two legs. Got two eyes. Yeah, he's prettier than me. Okay, that's fine. He's taller <laughs> than me. He's prettier than me. But other than that, he's just a human being. Why is he able to do the thing that he's able to do? One word: discipline. Mm -hmm. oh, Habits. That's, that's got it. Not motivation. Motivation. The motivation bullshit is just like shower. You got to yeah. do it every day <laughs> because motivation will come after you start and not before. What is it that drives you to wake up four four thirty in the morning, five o'clock in the morning to keep doing, to keep grinding? What is it that drives you? Are you really doing your best? And are you are you crafting what it is that you're doing? Are you seeking someone that's better than you? And the problem is that we are so caught up in what we know and we think we know it all. And one thing that I've learned: the more that I I know, the more I realize how much I don't know. Yeah. Only humble people, only only wise people will know that they don't know much, mm -hmm. and they're gonna keep seeking. They're gonna keep learning, because they know there's 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 such a vast knowledge that you can't know it all. And once you get at the, at the once you get to the point where you think you know it all, you haven't even begun to learn anything. And to me, that's what it really comes down to. It comes down to wh where I'm at today. Is this have I given all I've gotten? Have I done all I all I can? Have I exhausted? And I have one of my mentor. I could never get to, go to him with a problem or with a challenge without trying ten different possibilities. Wow, it's got to be ten. So now I know. So guess what? I rarely go to him because I got the answer. Why? Because all the answers are already within me. I just have to go. I have to reach in within me. Now, every once in a while, he will help me to figure it out, but not giving me the answer. So for me, it's really about searching the inside of you, mm -hmm. looking inward and see what you're made of. You'd be surprised. You know, Bob Marley said, um, you don't know how strong you are until, uh, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing. You don't right. know how strong you are until 
your strength is all you have or, or until your strength is all you have to rely on. We don't know how strong we are. We have this limited belief that's stopping us from being our greater selves. And I think it's time for us to really uh, kind of, I will say one thing that might be controversial and I don't Go care for it. I love because it. this is raw and unscripted. Hell yeah, baby. All this BS, you know, learning new thing. I think we, we need to stop. Some of us need to stop. Some of us need to unlearn and relearn because a lot of things that we have learned, we have learned it wrong. Now, what we're doing is we're adding more information on top of the foundation that's very shaky. Yeah. I think we need to unlearn and relearn and now be very careful what we're learning and what the source is. Because today, you know, 50 years ago, we didn't have, we had problem finding information, but today is to know what's the truth and what's not the truth. Today, we don't have problem finding information. Now, the information I'm getting, where is it coming from? Is it the truth? And what is the truth? Everybody has their own version of truth. I didn't know there was multiple versions of truth. I thought there was <laughs> one truth, but now three everybody comments. has, you know, and now everybody has their own version of truth. Yeah, there are three kinds of it. There's my truth, there's your truth, and there's this truth, which is yep. the real truth that we never get to is the real truth. So I'm here to tell people, to encourage people that really at the end of the day, you have the power and no one can take your power unless you give it. Mm -hmm. So if you feel powerless, it's no one's fault, it's yours. Go back and pick and get your power back because nobody took it from you. You had to give it. It's time for you to take your power back and be the woman and the man that you were created to be. And listen, at the end of the day, if things don't get done, it's not it's nobody's fault. And you are doing your surf and the world a disservice because what you came to the world to do, if you don't do it, nobody is going to be able to do it because nobody has your fingerprint. But tonight, just to know that you value, you have a purpose, and there's something that you're supposed to be on this planet Earth. And make sure you don't go out in this world without fulfilling the purpose that you were created for. Hell yes. Preaching, preach it, preach it, brother. Got my brother, brother, and from another mother in the house. My, it's my co-host from the uh, Unfiltered Experience, Scott Goyette. He says, powerful, share your brilliance. Thank you, Scott. Scott's out having a good time. Always check out our Unfiltered Experience on Friday nights, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, theunfilteredexperience.com. We got Jacqueline Rose in the house says, men need to realize it's okay to cry and show their feelings. It doesn't make them weak or less than a man. Absolutely, 100%, Jacqueline Rose. It's, it's so, it's so, so paramount in that, the vulnerability is the juice where there is strength, right? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about breaking down the facade of, of who we are, the ego, mm -hmm. the external validation, all the external stuff. And we're talking this whole conversation tonight about what can we do with from within? And even to Scott, when Scott just got here, but I was talking about that. That's what we're doing on the unfiltered experiences, having those I am statements in that discovery process of who am I really? Mm -hmm. And then understanding from that process, what can I let go external? Right. 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 If I'm, if I'm, if I'm enough, if I'm source and I'm love and I'm, and I'm, and that for me, my, my, I am statement has been, I am peace. So literally I've been saying this a lot lately. Like instead of saying I'm tired or I'm frustrated or I'm this, I'm like, no, Chris, you're peace. I'm peace. Right. I feel peaceful in this moment because that's what I'm going to focus on. And I recognize that everything is happening for its intended purpose. So right. I have that little redirect. It's and something I, I want to add something about the vulnerability. You know, vulnerability used to be my kryptonite. Now it becomes my superpower because yeah. I find strength in vulnerability. I find power in vulnerability, passion, purpose. But the problem is we have to learn where, how, and to whom we need to be vulnerable because I have my vulnerability used against me from people that knew me. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
and he shut me down. But guess what? Now I'm, I have learned to whom I can be vulnerable to. And I told a woman, I say, I can sleep with a bunch of women. Doesn't mean I'm intimate with you. Right. Because my intimacy with a woman is not in the bed. It's what I share with you, my vulnerability. So I don't get intimate with a lot of people. So for me, my 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 way of, of showing someone that I respect you, that I love you, is to my vulnerability. How vulnerable can I be with you? And that's how you know how much I respect, love you, and I, and and I, I you know admire you. I just wanted to plug that in. No, dude, I love that. I mean, that's the that's the juice in what we're talking about. I love what Scott said here as well. He says, manifest, manifest from present moment. You're there already. And also he says, I love you guys. Cause he does. He's awesome. He's the head founder of go love now. So he, he runs a whole organization called go love now. And that's what we need to do is we need to go love. Now we need to go love ourselves. Now we need to go love others. Now the time is now, especially in this world with everything that's going on and the chaos and the uncertainty. I want my last question for you is this <clears throat> from your experiences for people who are listening to this and not watching this, you're a strong black man. You've had an amazing experience. You've had a, an entire life of experiences where you're at in your life today. Are you positive about the direction the world is going in or are you concerned? Oh, I have never been more positive about the way, the way the world is going because the things that are about to happen in this world we've never seen before. Now, I know they say that nothing is new under the sun, but I have never seen it. People have seen it. So I have, I'm very hopeful and I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm a forward thinker and I know the best is yet to come. I, absolutely. Why the best is yet to come? Because I'm getting a better, I'm being a better version of myself. So therefore, the things that are about to happen are going to happen under my watch a way that's never been happened before. So I'm very hopeful. Now, we can look at the glass half empty and half full. Right. Or we can look at the glass just, it has water. It's neither half full, half empty. There's something in it. And for me, it's always that's what it's all about. As long as that I'm here, I can make a difference. And yeah. as long as I can make a difference, then the best is still yet to come. So I'm very hopeful. I am very positive. Well, I'm going to stand right alongside you, brother, from Montreal, Canada to here, California. We're going to extend our reach and we're going to go through this world and we're going to continue making it a beautiful place, man. I'm on your side. I definitely would. I would love to get on stages with you and go impact a lot of people because your message, my message, Scott's message. We need to get it out there. We need to get out there to the people and connect with people and, and share our vulnerabilities, share our scare, our, our, our fears and everything else and realize that we're more the same than we are different. Oh, and I think that's such a beautiful aspect of what I'm excited about in the future. I think the younger generation sees that, wants to implement that. We've just got a bunch of old fuckers that are living back in the 30s with their beliefs and everything that we need to switch out. Like you said, like you said, when we, if you don't, if you don't change people, nothing changes. So we need to get those people out of there and we need to continue shining our light. So, man, this has been a phenomenal experience having this conversation with you. There's so many gold mine nuggets in here that I'll be doing some 60, 60 second snippets of. Thank you for being here. Where can people get a hold of you, Mr. Will, and continue this conversation? Because I know they're going to want to. Absolutely. I am a mid to meet will to rise. I come. The reason I call it meet will to rise. I come because I want everybody to, to meet their own will to rise. Cause I have met my will to rise and I think we all have a will and we can all rise to the occasion. Uh, I am on YouTube. I'm on clapper. I'm on, on clubhouse. I'm on threads. Uh, <laughs> that's the new one. That's yeah, the, that's I just it. got on threads. I just yeah. signed up for threads today. I'm like, I see my friends jumping on it, but I'm like, 
Really, another yeah, one? Yeah, IG. I'm on Will to Rise. Um, so basically, you know, uh, what I do and the way that I work with men, I work on four pillars. Uh, the first thing is really about emotional uh, freedom because I think for too long men have been emotionally constipated, and it's time for us to uh, to to heal ourselves. It's time for us to to be free. Uh, second thing, I want people. I want men to master emotion you know and emotional mastery is very important because anytime that you do not master something it master you so you become your master and anytime that you're being mastered by something then a lot of time it will lead you to places that you don't want to go and third uh the best relationship you can have with you with yourself you can't love someone without really truly love yourself and last but not least as a father myself um, in order for me to really, truly be present and father my children, be the father that I wanted to be for my children, and to be the father that I wish that I had that I never had, to be the parent that I wish I had I never had, and I had to go back and father that little boy, that nine-year-old boy uh, inside of me. And until I was able to make peace with that nine-year-old boy, boy and to, to rescue him uh, from being abandoned, from being molested and, and, and abused, then I was able to father my children the best way that I know how. Uh, so yeah, so that's basically what it's all about. Um, will to rise pretty much, pretty much everywhere. Uh, it's yellow because you know the sun is yellow, is rising, and blue. That's my favorite color. So there you have it. So we are going up, man. We're not going back down. No, oh yeah, not anymore. Mm -mm. It's lift off, baby. We got to do. We got to make a difference in this world, and I'm committed to that. Every single day when I wake up, the first thing I do is I say what I'm grateful for. The second thing I do is I set the intention for the day. Yes. And one of my intentions every single day is that I'm going to use my words and my actions to make this world a better place for who I am and what I do. And so that I know when I go to bed at night, one of the first things I do is I recap. I'm like, did I live my purpose today? Hmm. Was it through my podcast? Was it through a walk and talk video? Was it a coaching client? Was it all the above? Was it somebody I met randomly on the street? Did I fulfill my intention today? And, and recapping that. And so every day when I wake up, it's like set the right intentions, focused on gratitude. And at the end of the day, figure out what it is that you executed on. Be proud of that. Be grateful for that and continue enjoying the moment. So when we do that, we can live a kick-ass life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's nothing to it, but to do it. <laughs> there's nothing to it, but to do it. That's Man, it. Brother Will, I appreciate you so much. We're going to definitely have you back on the show. We'll get you on the Unfiltered Experience as well. Um, I'm going to place you backstage for a second. Don't go anywhere. Um, and then I'm going to end out the show. And then we'll all just want to have a little quick chat with you. Awesome, brother. Thank you. And there we have it, ladies and gentlemen, the raw and unscripted show here just in 53 minutes and 31 seconds. I promised you guys I would keep it at under an hour and just want to sincerely thank you guys for participating in the conversation tonight, Scott and Jacqueline Rose and Catherine and whoever else was in the, the chat as well. I know sometimes the comments don't come over from all the different social media sites. So I apologize for that. Sometimes I can't put the comments up. I'll find out that somebody was commenting from YouTube or commenting from LinkedIn. So apologize. I can't fix that. But the thing that we can do from this experience is again, like we said at the beginning of the show, three things. What are three aspects of this conversation? There was probably two dozen. What are the three things that you're going to take from this particular conversation tonight? Write them down. I can see, I seriously write them down on paper. You know, I think your phone is a good thing, but I think writing them down, here's my little secret sticky notes. I like sticky notes. So I take a sticky note and when I learn something new, I stick it on my folder, I stick it on my monitor. So I have sticky notes. Here's another one. So I'm just telling you the truth. So when I watch a podcast, I'm like, Ooh, I need to focus on these three things. Like one of the things I have on over here is, am I being intentional? God's not as true. It says, am I being intentional? The other thing it says, am I focused on what's most important? I have ADHD on crack, ladies and gentlemen. I focus on all sorts of shit all the time, but am I being intentional? So I keep that in front of me. So I'm sitting here going, dude, 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 I'm scrolling through Facebook and watching Foo Fighters videos. I'm like, 
Am I focusing on what's more important? Did I set the intention to get distracted today? No. Okay. What can I do to get undistracted? I set an intention to do this today. Okay. Let me go do that. So redirecting your focus. And one of the things I want to capitalize on what Will was saying is what is your best, right? What is your best? I came home from work one day years and years ago. And I said, well, I did the best I could. And then I questioned myself and I'm like, Chris, was that really your best? Did you prepare in advance? Were you ready? Did you think about all the different scenarios? Was there blood, sweat, and tears involved in it? No, you didn't do your best. And I realized I went, wow, where does that come from? Oh, when we're kids, Chris, did you do the best you can? Did you do the best you could on your math homework? Yeah. Okay. We'll do better next time. Uh, okay. Next time happens. Did you do your best? Uh, yeah, we'll do better next time. And that's all people fucking tell us. We never realize what our best is until we get to those adversarial times. Like we will say, and when you're at your darkest moments, if you're in your darkest moment right now, there's only one place to go and that's up. That's up. You got to continue to go up every single day and every single way. The five areas you should be taking care of your life. The foundation. We talked about this a little bit. My find out, my find out, my foundational principles are this hydration, nutrition, sleep, exercise, and vitamin D. If you take care of those every single day, sleep, nutrition, hydration, exercise, and vitamin D every single day, you make sure you get some sun on yourself. Make sure you're hydrating, drink half your body weight in ounces of water. A lot, so many people aren't even drinking water. Like people come to me like, Chris, I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. I'm this and that. I can't sleep and I'm fucking eating. Da, da, da. I'm like, how much water do you drink a day? I swear to God, it's the first thing I fucking say, how much water do you drink? Oh, I don't drink very much. Or I do. What do you drink? Well, I drink soda, coffee or Diet Coke or fucking Dr. Pepper. I'm like, you don't drink like water, clear water. Like your body's like 80% of water. And if you don't drink water, you're dehydrated. And when you're dehydrated, you make shitty decisions and you run to your short-term gratifications and you wonder why your life doesn't change. And you wake up 20 years later going, oh my God, the last 20 years went by so fast because yeah, you were fucking running away from them. The conversation tonight with Will and myself says, stand up, face your fears and rise. Realize that everything is happening in your life to get you to the next point. I keep this thing right in front of me all the time too. I'm giving you guys all my secrets. Three feet from gold. You never know how close you are when you give up on your dreams. Stop it. Get new people around yourself, invest in yourself with a coach, a mentor, uh, accountability program, whatever it is that you got to do that, which I'm actually going to be having coming out. I decided I'm not a big program guy. I'm not a big mastermind guy. I just, I do my one-on-one -on -one coaching and I do my speaking and I do my podcast and stuff like that. But so many of you have been reaching out saying, Chris, I can't afford to coach with you, but I'd love to be able to have some way of working with you. So I'm doing a six week course right now. I'm in the middle of developing it. So I'm going to be giving it at a fucking dirt cheap price because that's the way I roll. I figure it out and I give it to the people and then I grant for those, those people in. So if you get in on the first level, you stay at that price. That's the way I work. So if you help me get something and you help me give me feedback on it, then you guys get to stay at that price. And then I just grandfather people in. I just raise the price to where the ceiling is and where people meet that objective to have enough investment in there to take it seriously. And I can make enough money on it to make sure that it's worth my time and investment because I have to protect myself. I've spent my entire life building what's up in here to make your life different. So of course I deserve to be cons uh, compensated for that. So all that to say, I love you guys. The biggest thing you can do is go out there and have a why. Like really seriously, go write your eulogy and figure out what your why is. When you wake up every day, fulfill that. Why I want to be the, I'm going to be the best parent that I possibly can to be my kid. Okay. If you died today, were you the best parent? No. Okay. What do you, what can you do tomorrow to make that difference? Every single day and every single way, when you wake up, what can I do differently to get different results? Dr. Wayne Dyer says, when you change the way you look at things, get this, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at begin to change. So there, love you too, Catherine. You rock stars. We'll see you here next week on the Ron and Scripture Show. Next week, you guys keep asking me like, who's up next week? Who's up next week? Who do we have next week? I should have had this information for you before, but I'm still on vacation mode. 
I'm still in vacation mode. Oh, we have Tony Rodriguez next weekend. That's what I'm sure. I'm pretty sure we have Tony. Tony the Tiger. Tony Rodriguez will be on the Ron and Scripted Show next Tuesday night. He's a firecracker. He's from Jersey. He's a New York boy. He's got a lot of passion. He's a Tony Robbins trainer. Uh, he's a phenomenal dude. Show up here and uh, again, get those three, three strategies and keep taking action on your life. I love you guys. Peace. Ron and Scripted. No excuses.